We are back for another week of the vodcast, heading into wild card weekend. In a wild finish to the NFL season, it was. Lots of teams fell out of playoff contention. Lots of teams surprisingly got in. And uh, we have a lot to talk about today because not just the playoffs, but a lot of front office people, head coaches, will no longer be uh, representing their teams they did this season. And as always, I'm back with my better half, Kevin Casty. Kevin, how are we doing? I am doing so great, Scott. I can't even begin to tell you. The Steelers are in the 2021-2022 playoffs, baby. Yeah, it's a, it was very, very unlikely scenario. I believe we had a 9% chance uh, heading into the final week, but somehow, some way, with a little help from our friends, we got in. Um, so first things first, uh, I don't know if you can tell. I think I mentioned it last week. I was a little bit sick. But uh, it was confirmed that I had the Omicron variant this week. Um, luckily, it was just a little bit of a sore throat. It's, uh, just basically a cold for me. So prayers up. Um, still getting season, over it. Still a little piece, congestion. Baby. Yeah, thank season you. Piece. Still still a little congestion. So I apologize if I sound a little bad. But I'm going to work through it. I mean, that's part of the grind here at the yeah, podcast. I mean, the show, no days the, off. The show, the show must go on is uh, what they say in showbiz. So. Yeah, especially after the, this past week. Um, so let's uh, – we're going to do things a little differently this week when it comes to our picks, but we're going to get into that uh, at the end of the show, as always. Um, but first things first, let's talk about the Steelers and how we got here. So, not, so, yeah, not only did the Steelers go into Baltimore and beat them in overtime, thanks to the Wizard of Boz, I mean, our Lord and Savior, uh, so goddamn reliable – but we also had help from uh, two other games. The Jags somehow pulled off an incredible victory against the Colts, who, who uh, if they won themselves, were going to get in. And then the Char- Chargers and Raiders needed to not end in a tie. We will get to that game later because Kevin almost gave himself a heart attack and me one in the process. Um, so let's just start with the Steelers. Uh, very, very gut- gutty win, I would say. Uh, TJ Watt played out of his mind and Big Ben still came up uh, clutch in the fourth quarter as he done has done so many times this season. I mean, teams have had opportunities after opportunities to put us away. I mean, we shouldn't even had a you know, 1% chance to get in the playoffs uh, going into this game. But, I mean, they keep giving us chances and somehow the Steelers are taking advantage. Yeah, it's incredible. I mean, I don't know who makes those percentages and based on what, really. But if you're just saying, like, going into that game, one, you need to beat the Ravens. That's no easy task in Baltimore. They're still a fine team, a little hurt, albeit. But two, you need the Jaguars, the two-win Jaguars, to beat the 10-win Colts, the red-hot Colts. That's pretty hard to do. And uh, number three, you just need these two teams. To not tie, which seems like the easy thing to do, but it didn't end up being that way. I would have given us less than mm-hmm. 10, and then against all odds, uh, we pulled it off, and I think everything came down to just as close as it could be. So um, it's ridiculous, but you're right, Scott. Big Ben's fourth quarter and overtime performance must be talked about. Um, you know, I, I'm not going to say that the you know he's still cooking. Uh, the wheels have fallen off quite a bit, but – in those big moments, there's a few people you can look towards uh, uh, with confidence compared to Ben Roethlisberger. He has officially moved up to second all-time 
in game winning drives, only behind Thomas Brady, the goat. So uh, yeah, who's not who's not higher. slowing down anytime soon? No, even if Ben had <laughs> caught him, uh, that would have been gone. Uh, I think next week, uh, if we're being probably honest, and if not, maybe in five years from now because they'll still be playing. But um, but yeah, great. I believe he was uh, four for four on his uh, conversions, uh, combining a uh, third down, three third down conversions, and one fourth down conversion. So. Uh, when you needed him most, quite literally, he pulled through. He did not vanish. Um, he did not. It's 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 really incredible with Big Ben because clearly in the first three quarters of every game he's just not that good. Um, and his you know his age is showing. We've said this before, and we'll say it again. You know, next week after the Chiefs game, probably. He's um, and but it, it's something about him in fourth quarters. He can still come up clutch when he needs it. And I mean, people can hate on Big Ben for his performance is all they need, but he, I mean, credit where his credit is due. I mean, time after time again this season, his fourth quarters have been incredible. And if, even if there haven't been comebacks, I mean, he gets them back in the games at the very least. Yeah. And, and like, even looking back at some of the misfires, like, I mean, you look at that Vikings game on Thursday night, <clears throat> we were down like 29 nothing, and he was one throw away maybe two throws if Ju- or Claypool hadn't celebrated, but he literally almost led the biggest comeback in re- the history of the regular season in the NFL. Like, it was one throw away. Like, that's still, like, for a fat old 40-year-old, credit to him. Yeah, and if it wasn't for that great defensive play by the Vikings on that last Harrison, throw, I mean, he, he could have – he could have – I mean, he, he was there. It was there. Yeah, rat bastard. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's incredible watching Big Ben play. I, I'm just glad he gets uh, one more playoff run here. I mean, we are going up against the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. We'll get we'll get to that uh, later. But, uh, I mean, I mean, it's, it's just nice to see him. You know, it's not ending in the regular season for him. Agreed. And um, while we're on the subject of clutch, Scotty, you know who I think is clutch? Uh, TJ Watt. TJ Watt. Yeah, he is. He's very clutch. Uh, Put on a big performance again uh, on Sunday. Kind of think he got ripped off from uh, breaking the single season sack record. He did tie it, uh, which is incredible. Uh, So if he gets snubbed again for defensive player of the year, I don't know what to do. I'm going to throw my fist through the wall. You know, Scott, I had to... I had to ask the other day. Uh, I asked uh, my roommate, Stephen Rice, because I saw something that was from a Pittsburgh um, report or whatever, or okay. tweet writer, tweeter, I don't know. And it said that this is one of the closest races for Defensive Player of the Year in recent history. And I said to myself, am I completely blinded by who's who's, who's second? Is he claiming Miles Garrett still second? I don't even know. Like, so I said, I, I asked, I was like, tell me, tell me if I'm blinded by love for TJ Watt. And, and that, and, and I tried to look, I really did. And Micah Parsons is outstanding. He'll win the defensive rookie of the year by a landslide. I'm not even sure if anyone, that might be unanimous. Yeah. And credit to him because he plays a lot of different positions. He's got like <coughs> 10, 10 or 11 sacks. Uh, and he doesn't even play edge or rush uh, for the full time. He's got no, he's, he's a freak. Yeah, he, he's great coverage. He's uh, great up the middle, stopping the run. So he's doing it all. And his name should absolutely. I mean, I don't like the Cowboys, but uh, he's earned a mention from this podcast. 
I think yeah. he would be my second choice. And then you look at some of the people saying that people are still making an argument for Miles Garrett and Aaron Donald. And yeah. while they're having good seasons, like, again, we don't like to knock them for, you know, not being good because they're, they're good. But they're behind, and everyone says, oh, sacks aren't the only thing. Well, you know what else D.J. Watt leads the league in? Tackles for loss, QB hits, and pressure. And I think maybe pressures he might be second, but still. And he has a, and he has a handful of – he has more forced fumbles than yep, uh, I, think, I think both of those players. Yep, so. more passes deflected, mm-hmm. um, and he's done it in fewer games. Like the official number is going to be 15 games uh, out of 17 because he started. But he left early in, I think, three more. I think his total games is only at like 13 and a half or 14. So Yeah, I know he's I, definitely left early in two. So definitely at like 14. And then limited usage here and there, I'm sure. Like even that Ravens game, he wasn't in the full time, which I thought was a little unusual. Actually, you know what? He was. I saw the statistic. He only missed like four or five snaps. Uh, I think you just really notice when he's not there. Yeah. Like, you look for it. So, um, but as I said, how does it not go to him? So uh, what are your thoughts there? I mean, it, it, it's got to be a no-brainer, right? Well, I think based off the, the – uh, the decision by the NFL to not give him another sack for which was, I thought clearly a sack. Agreed. Um, I think the NFL just hates him. I really I do. do. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And for those of you who don't know or didn't watch, um, they just saw, you know, he tied it. Um, it was very good. He's, uh, he's etched his name in the history books. Um, but there was a play in the first quarter, uh, a low snap to Tyler Huntley for which Tyler Huntley immediately pounced on the ball, kind of laid on it, and then got up. As he was getting up, T.J. Watt hit him, forced a fumble, and a turnover covered by the Steelers. They didn't call it a sack. They called it an aborted play, which I believe by definition is when the quarterback gives himself up on the play, which I don't know if people know is kind of what Brett Favre did for Michael Strahan back in, I think, like 2001 or two. Yeah. I forget the actual year to set his record and to me scott mm-hmm. this was not an aborted play no because he was clearly getting up i mean he was already up he did get up because you know yeah. what can't happen if he doesn't get up the forced fumble yeah or the loss of possession so i'm not sure what they saw maybe it's a matter of they're calling it down i i, I literally i can't tell you uh how. i think i, I think it was a little home team bias there they got yeah, which I know people made an argument because one of TJ's sacks against the Browns on Monday night the week prior, Baker slid um, just before the line of scrimmage, which does credit a sack for the defender nearest. But people are saying that that was a little home cooking, which I see the argument, but I don't think it's as – I think that has more weight to it than what we're talking about right now. Yeah. Yeah, I, so, I agree with that, but I don't I don't know. I, I think it's uh... – I just don't think the league likes him for some reason. And if well, they that, find a way, if they find a way to not give it to him this year, they it's, will. It, it's an abomination. And they, one they other will. thing I want to bring up was I was listening to Gordon Moore uh, a couple weeks ago. Shout out Kay Adams. Um, and they were saying, I think it was Peter Schrager. He was saying like, you can talk about, you know, Brett Favre and how he went down and, and then they were saying, but you can also talk about how there's an extra game this season. And so would, will that, factor into tj watts you know name in the history books and i was like well i mean i guess it could if he played all every game but he didn't 
So the the amount of the extra game is irrelevant at this point. Right. And if you want to go back and look at, you know, the record books, like people for, I forget what year it was. I believe it was the eighties. They switched from a 14 game season to a 16 game season. Yeah. Does that mean every record since then is a total bullshit too? Cause if so, then Michael Strahan does not lead, lead the NFL in sacks in a season. So, and, and, <coughs> and if that's the way you want to do it and look at per game stats, then I believe it belongs to Reggie white at one point. Cause he missed like three or four games and came out and still had like a, I like a 20 sack performance. I forget the exact number, but then you're yeah. changing everything. So yeah. you can't can be that picky. And you know what else? Cooper Cup didn't – well, I guess he actually didn't end up breaking Calvin Johnson's record for receiving, but he wouldn't have been even close. He would have been like 200 yards off. Yeah. Um, so I just I, – I don't want to split hairs when we come to that thing. I simply want to acknowledge a good season, a record season for our boy. And you could say the same thing about everyone else that had a great season. Yeah. And uh, I just – I forgot to mention this, but going back to Michael Parsons, the only reason I wouldn't have him give him – I wouldn't give him defensive player of the year just because he's a rookie. They have a defensive rookie of the year award. So I think that's why a lot of people, yeah. So people count him out for that, which I understand. So give TJ Watt the defensive player of the year and Michael Parsons, the rookie of the year. Right. And I mean, if if you even want to consider uh, giving them both, which has happened, I believe Lawrence Taylor was the last one to do it back in the, I don't know when he got me, like early mid eighties. He did it. It has to be far in a way the best performance in the NFL when it comes to the defensive side of the ball. And I don't quite think that's the case. I think someone is far and away the best and his name's TJ. Yeah. I mean, and you got to look at the TJ's impact on the field whenever he's playing and whenever he's not, it's a completely different defense. Yeah. Have you seen the, um, I forget the exact uh, figure, but have you seen the stats for when he uh, plays versus does not? Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, it, I forget exactly what it is, like you said, but I mean, well, I just I'd, 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 yeah, I just recommend anyone to look it up. It's, it's there it is. Uh, I'll tell them. Right. So the Steelers were nine and two when TJ Watt played 60% of snaps. It's pretty good, just over half. Pretty they good. were 0 5. 0 and 5 when he played less than 60% of snaps. That, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, the record alone says it right there. Yeah, not only does that tell me that he's the defensive player of the year. Those kind of numbers are MVP numbers. The impact that you're actually having on your team. Like, um, I mean, some people threw like, I don't know, Cooper Cup's name in the running. I, I do believe that the Rams would have still been outstanding if it weren't for Cooper Cup. Like they had options, they had good run games, good coaching. You know. Yep. We were we were fucked if he didn't play in those eleven full games, or I guess eleven games above sixty percent. And that's that's the difference between a playoff appearance and, and then early, exit. early. Yep. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how you get more clear than that. I don't know. I mean, yeah, I mean, all our, all our listeners, all our vodcasters know where we stand on that. They do. We have for a while. I think we've been saying since week one, that <laughs> he better win the t- defensive player of the year. I know. And uh, I will say that might've been ambitious at the time, but I, uh, I think that one panned out pretty well. I don't know about you. Yeah, we both, uh, yeah, we both did pick TJ Watt for that. So, Yep, had to. So we will see. Um, all right, Scott. Well, you know, we talked about that game on Sunday for the Steelers, but what really matters is where we are right now, and that's the yeah. playoffs. So I got a question for you. How the fuck did we get here? 
dude, I, I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's quite unbelievable. I mean, we've been literally like, uh, we're like a character from the walking dead. We're one of the zombies in the walking dead, just moseying our way through somehow getting by <laughs> breaking through barriers. Um, it, it really doesn't make any sense. It's uh, incredible. I, I've never seen another season like this. And I mean, that includes this, this includes the season as a whole. Like what other season could we have done what we did have the Jags beat the Colts and then the Chargers and the Raiders almost end in a tie, which would have effectively ruined our playoff chances. <laughs> I, I what? literally, I don't think anyone can think of anything like that. Yeah. So let's, let's start with the Jags and Colts game. I know we talked about, we just mentioned this a little earlier, but the Jags and Colts, Tre- I mean, Trevor Lawrence, we were praying for him. And I was, I was doubtful. I as, was as well. As pretty much probably everyone else was. <laughs> I'm sure the Colts didn't think they had a problem. All they had to do was give the ball to Jonathan Taylor, not fuck it up. But uh, Trevor Lawrence had the game of his young, young career uh, on Sunday. And it was mwah, just a thing of beauty, honestly. Uh, I, was, I, I was watching the – I had two TVs up, right? One with the Steeler game, one with red zone on. Every time they go into the Jags Colts game, I was expecting something bad, and then no, there's the Jags driving down the field. There's Trevor Lawrence making a hell of a play. Oh, another tutty? Oh my God, we could do this thing. <laughs> All we yeah. have to do is beat the Ravens. <laughs> it, it was incredible. I had both games on. I had the two uh, two screen setup going, watching, and and I'll tell you what, I was more interested in the Colts Jags for a little while than I was the Steelers Ravens, but. Um, yeah, uh, what do they call it? What, what was his nickname in college? Like football Jesus or I don't know, whatever they called him. Yeah. Uh, came to our rescue. Uh, he had only thrown two touchdowns, uh, before this week since, uh, I think Halloween is the date. So yeah, it was like, it was like 10 weeks or something. Yeah. It was like two <laughs> touchdowns and I think like 11 or 12 interceptions, which is just, <laughs> just horror, horrifyingly bad stats. Um, he was looking like the worst QB pick in that draft and he was compared to Andrew Luck and Peyton Manning as a prospect. So, um, but he got it done. Uh, credit to the Jaguars. They have now beaten, they've won every game against the Colts in Jacksonville since 2014. And they just packed on another year of that. So yeah, I think like um, seven, seven and oh. Yeah, I think seven there might've been one game that was um, one of the years might've been held in uh, London or something. I don't know, but it, it's like seven years or something. Uh, I'm sure yeah. we have some friends and listeners perhaps that know the exact statistic there, but something is in the water in Jacksonville that doesn't sit right with the Hoosiers. So um, incredible, but I will say this, the Colts have a problem. They pissed and their season away. They have a problem, and I think his name is Carson Wentz. And oh. I, thought he, I thought he had a fine year, like nothing outrageous. It wasn't terrible. But his last couple games were abysmal. Um, yeah. And I think you can't blame the loss on him. That was a team effort. I mean, I think I saw a number that said when uh, the Colts are undefeated, when Jonathan Taylor uh, runs for over 100 yards, and I'm pretty sure they have lost almost every game when he doesn't, and he ran for 77 yards. So that to me just says, yeah, kept the ball in Carson Wentz's hands a little too much. Maybe you couldn't get it going. I mean, Jonathan Taylor averaged 5.1 yards a carry. That's a great game. Why weren't you? Wh- why, did the you it, why did you get it? Why did it get away from you? How did it get away from you? So, 
the Colts got to look back. They gave up a first and a third round pick for Carson Wentz. And if they find out in one year that he's not the answer, they've got a problem, which is unfortunate because they've got one of the best rosters in football right now. Seven yeah. pro bowlers on that team. And you, and you know it's really bad when a fellow redhead is uh, criticizing I do uh, not knock the quarterback. I do not knock fellow redheads lightly. That's why <laughs> Andy Dalton's my boy up in Chicago. Um, but they've got an issue, uh, and it needs to be addressed quickly because with seven pro bowlers in one roster to not make the playoffs, first of all, it's the first time it's ever happened, um, and hopefully the last so they got they got to figure something out. I think Jonathan Taylor has quickly just put himself in the conversation for first or second best running back in the NFL alongside Derrick Henry. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And it, I mean, their game plan was like you said, it's very confusing. Why weren't they just handing him the rock? Um, I mean, even if he was getting like three yards carry, keep it out of Wentz's hands. I mean, you know, you. I mean, he's good enough where he can you know make some plays, but. I mean, if you have a running back as good as Jonathan Taylor, why aren't you not feeding him as more as much as you were? Such a good question, Scott. Such a good question. Yeah. So that game happened, and then let's get to the Chargers Raiders because I didn't get to see this because I was sick. So I was I was in bed already. Um, Kevin gave me a heart attack on Monday morning when I woke up because I woke up to a text at like. I mean, he sent it to me at like a eleven thirty or something around there, midnight. I think you woke up to a number of texts. <laughs> and the the text that he sent me was, "I'm going to fucking kill myself." <laughs> and so I'm immediately like, "Dude, don't tell me they fucking tied." And so luckily, I was able to just check the score and have one of the heaviest sighs I've ever had in my young life. Um, so Kevin, you will take the reins on this one because you actually watched the full game. So, uh, let's get your analysis on it. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I, I apologize for the heart attack, Scott. I assure you, I had several that, um, I think were worse than what you experienced. Uh, the average life expectancy <laughs> of a uh, human male, I believe is 75 years. Um, that just dropped five <clears throat> years for all Steelers fans, um, on Sunday night. At so, least. <laughs> So what happened was, and it was a late game, I know a lot of people that went to bed earlier, whatever the case was, um, all we needed was there not to be a tie, as we've stated. And it looked like a good game. You know, they were running the ball hard. They were making big plays. Um, and then at one point, the uh, Raiders had a six-point lead, which I didn't know this, but thinking about, like, maybe I just never thought about it. That's where you want to be to avoid a tie because then you score, you know, touchdown, you're in a good spot. Then they got, I think, two field goals or something. There was a 12-point lead at one point, which apparently is as good as gold for not tying. <laughs> Adam Schefter tweeted, um, I forget his exact wording. I don't want to, you know, like, misspeak or whatever. He said, the Raiders now hold a 12-point lead over the Chargers, meaning that Pittsburgh fans – can take a deep breath or something like that, or meaning Steelers are ready for the playoffs. And I saw that and was like, great. I pulled up my laptop. I started watching Big Ben highlights because, you know, why not? Playoff ready. And then things got bad quick. Um, I think in the third quarter um, or whatever it was, uh, fourth quarter, it got ugly. So the Raiders made their 12-point lead a 15-point lead, which I immediately saw and was like, shit, that is 
uh, a touchdown and a touchdown with a two point conversion. Like it's not that hard now. Yeah. So long story short, the uh, Chargers scored 15 points um, or maybe I think there might have been a field goal in between whatever the case was, but they did it. They scored a touchdown and then they got the two point conversion. And then with like two minutes left in the game, the Chargers went like 80 something yards in two minutes, converted like four or five fourth down, third and fourth down conversions to get down the field. And I all of all of which were like ten yards. Oh my god! None of them were a fourth and short. Like I just couldn't believe it. Like for instance, I'm pulling up the uh, the drive right now with a minute and forty nine. Justin Herbert, fourth and ten, pass completed to Keenan Allen for a gain of eleven, first down, and then you know incomplete pass, incomplete pass, incomplete pass. It's now fourth down and ten, and what happens? Uh, let me find it here. Uh, there's a penalty. Uh, holding on the defense, uh, first down. And then first down, incomplete pass. First down, second down, incomplete pass. And then third down and 10, first down for a gain of 14. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. And again, they just kept moving and moving. And then it was fourth down again with 22 seconds left, and they completed a 14-yard pass. Like, I cannot believe – like, the MVP should go to Justin Herbert just because of that. It is insane. And then with five short seconds left on the clock, they are out 12 yards and they throw a 12 yard touchdown to tie the game. <laughs> um, it was just like, I can't like everything in that moment that could have gone wrong for Pittsburgh Steelers fans went exactly wrong. Yeah. And I couldn't believe it. And then of course, went to overtime Raiders scored a field goal Chargers scored a field goal. It looked like there was like four minutes, not even there's like two minutes left. It looked like they were going to run it out. I really thought mm-hmm. they were. And then for some reason, Head coach of the Chargers, fellow uh, UD grad, Brandon Staley, called a timeout. We're not sure why, because it looked like the Raiders were ready to let this let this clock tick out. So they called the timeout with, I think, 38 seconds left, and the Raiders were like, oh, shit, okay, um, what do we do? So they ran one more play, a run up the middle, and Josh Jacobs picked up like eight yards for a first down and got him to like the 30-yard line, a very makeable field goal. And the worst heart attack of all, well, maybe second. Derek Carr watching the clock uh, tick down next to the uh, ref. He's standing next to him. You think he might call timeout. But keep in mind, if he doesn't call the timeout, the Raiders book their ticket to the playoffs. And he calls it. Two seconds left on the clock. And Daniel Carlson, the hero of Pittsburgh, steps onto the field and nails uh, nails a 47-yard field goal to win the game. Sending the Raiders to the playoffs, eliminating the Chargers from the playoffs, and saving the city of Pittsburgh. So, that's the narrative, and I uh, can't wait for the thirty for thirty uh, to come out on that because it's the most miraculous thing that's ever happened. Uh, it's can't come soon enough. So, um, yeah, terrifying. But go ahead, Scotty. Uh, two things. Uh, was the kicker's name Daniel Carlson? Yes, it is. He. He said that a lot of Steeler fans have now been coming out and donating to charities that he's involved that. with. So good on good on you, Yinzers, uh, for yes. doing that. And then we take care of those who take care of us. Yeah, and the other thing I wanted to say was there's a lot of stuff that came out after the game saying that you know if he didn't call the timeout, we were just going to play for a tie. Like we were just going to play for a tie. And I was thinking to myself, why the fuck would you want to play for a tie? It's Pathetic. the Chargers. I mean, that's like the Steelers playing for a tie against 
the brands so that both teams can get in the playoff. Why would you do that? I don't understand that mindset. I know you want to get it. I mean, especially for the Raiders. I mean, all you have to do is just drive down the field. You don't have to pretty much worry about them doing anything. It's it's in your hands. If you miss, you tie. Yeah. You know, anyway, so. I mean, you want to talk about what if they block it and return it? Do you have any idea of the odds of that happening? They're a lot yeah. less than the 10% odds they gave the Steelers to get in. Yeah. So I don't, I don't really understand that mindset because I just kept thinking, like, if, like, the Steelers did that against the Browns for the Browns to get in the playoffs, oh, there'd be riots in the streets. I would never forgive them. Ever. No, I mean, and that would uh, – I mean, people would be calling for Tomlin's head, you know, yeah. rightfully so with that one. I agree. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I didn't understand it. Luckily, it all worked out, though, for us, so. And here we are, <sighs> heading into the playoffs, baby. Yeah, one last ride with Ben. How long this ride will be? Yeah. You never know. Hey, you know <laughs> what they say, a uh, man with nothing to lose is a dangerous fighter, so. Amen. we got here. <laughs> All right, Scott. Speaking of, uh, you know, uh, Tomlin, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring something up to you, and you might not love it. You're gonna ruffle my feathers here. I'm gonna ruffle your feathers big time. Mike Tomlin has now completed his 15th straight year without a losing season, and he is now snuck into the playoff yet again with the worst, arguably the worst team he has ever rostered. What do you have to say? Uh, I don't give a shit about him not having any losing seasons, okay? 15 in a row, great. How many playoff games have we won in the last, you know, seven years? One? None? I don't know. It's not a lot. That's all I care about. And we've had a hell of a lot better teams the last couple years than we do this year, especially on offense. I mean, yeah, he puts together good, you know, winning teams somehow with, you know, I mean, we had great offense, bad defense. We have good defense, bad offense balances itself out but I don't I don't buy it I don't care about the winning records I think he said that he doesn't care about it either good uh another thing is he was seen dancing in the locker room you know on TikTok or whatever live stream uh get that shit out of here be a leader you don't need to be doing that if you want to let the guys have their fun have their fun but uh you know you're always talking about Oh, we're always focused on the next game. Yeah, you can enjoy the win. I don't need stupid shit on TikTok. Don't turn into one of them. Well, I hear you. I do, and I, I hear it all. Um, <clears throat> and I just gotta say, you know, I, I I will I admit that the playoff wins are tough. Um, there haven't been many of them. I believe we had uh, one in 2016 over the Bengals. Um, but, uh, you know, it's it's not always just wins and losses. So I agree with you. You could use the same argument for that 15-year season or 15-year streak of um, no losing seasons. But it's all circumstantial. Uh, you know, we had great defenses. People credit – I know people that credit Tomlin's Super Bowl win to Cower because it was still his team and his defense, which I don't think is necessarily fair because it's very hard to get over that hump. Um, and you got to think, that playoff win against the Bengals was – Nuts. So we lost Big Ben for most of the game. And then, you know, thank you, Vontez Perfect and uh, Pac-Man Jones. Uh, thank you. People forget, uh, we did not have Le'Veon Bell for that game, who was arguably the first or second best running back in the NFL. We ended up winning the game, squeaking by. Wow, shout out to the Wizard of Boz. He's been having our backs for a long time now. Yeah. We then went into the number one defense in the NFL 
Denver. And that was with a banged up Ben who ended up coming back in that Bengals game. A banged up Ben Roethlisberger. No Le'Veon Bell. We had Fitzgerald Toussaint and I don't even remember the other name. And no Antonio Brown because Vontez Perfect uh, knocked the daylights out of him for apparently the next seven years, whatever we're at now. And we were on a game-winning drive to beat the best defense in the NFL until Fitzgerald Toussaint fumbled uh, with a minute left in Denver territory, which would have been a game-winning drive. So that's a tough defeat. I'm not saying we would have gone on to win the Super Bowl. We would have had to beat the uh, Patriots in the uh, AFC Championship and then the Panthers in the Super Bowl, the Cam Newton MVP Panthers. So, but, you know, that's a, that's a case where, you know, that's not really Tomlin's fault. You know, he put together great seasons with, uh, without his weapons. He's still doing it. He went eight and eight with Duck Hodges and Mason Rudolph, which is as bad as bad as you can get at the QB spot. Um, you know, we lost, uh, we got a 40 year old fat, slow Ben Roethlisberger, who's, you know, trying just to keep the wheels on. And here we are again, nine, seven and one, we won games. We shouldn't have won. With the uh, Titans, the Browns, well, maybe we should have won that, but close games with them, and here we are. So I know it's not pretty, but Pittsburgh football doesn't have to be pretty. Ben, uh, or excuse me, Mike Tomlin has found the ability to win games, uh, and at the end of the day, I think that is something to look at. So uh, I hear your argument, and we'll see if uh, you know these thirteen-point underdog Steelers can win a playoff game. But I do have to give credit to Mike Tomlin for doing what he's done. Um, and I will always make the argument, regardless of how happy you are, doesn't get any better than him right now. I don't know. Hey, listen, listen, I've, I've agreed with that argument. I agree that yes, there's nothing have. better out there. So, you know, I'm not saying that we fire him. I'm just <laughs> saying, I mean, a lot of these, you know, you know, people around Pittsburgh, all they say is like, well, winning season, winning season. It's like, yeah, but I mean, shouldn't we be aiming a little higher than winning season? I mean, we're, I mean, we're getting into like, Cincinnati Bengals territory not winning playoff games here. Come on. Same <laughs> <laughs> a little higher. I mean, I know our – I mean, the last couple of seasons, our expectations have been pretty low. We've just been hoping to get in the playoffs, which we managed to do a couple of times. But, I mean, it's kind of like the same shit every year. I mean, we get a little happy with our draft. You know, we get a little excited. And then the first couple of games roll around, and we're like, yeah, this is going to be the same old Steelers. Yeah, you know, we might we might finish eight and eight or whatever it is, and yeah, I guess we're gonna be satisfied with that. Sure. Yeah, I feel that, and uh, you know, <laughs> at the end of the day, that's a good point. You know, um, you know, there's you get nothing. You know what you get for winning the AFC North or finishing with nine wins every year? Lower well, draft, lower draft picks. I don't even care about that. I'd rather see a team <laughs> compete every year and sacrifice the picks. Um, but you're right; it doesn't help. Uh, I guess necessarily. The future, but I, I am very fond of a team that competes every year. I'd be miserable if I had to watch a franchise. No, I I agree with that. It's oh. just like, yeah, you know, I mean, it just seems like it's the same thing every year. It's like I agree, oh, and yeah, we made the playoffs, but then we're gonna get killed in the first round. Yeah, and you don't get squat for finishing uh, with a uh, above five hundred record. All that matters at the end of the day is a Super Bowl. I don't care who you are. Like, you know, there's a difference between. Steelers expectations which are higher and we want Super Bowls we do and quite frankly Tom Brady's made that uh, a pretty tall task over the last 20 years but um, yeah so but yeah you don't get you know no no one cares if you you make the playoffs or you finish third or wherever the hell it is so and like Steelers I mean Steelers fans don't even care if you win the AFC North like that's great and all but 
I mean, it's great bragging rights, but we want a bigger more. picture, though. Yeah. Never satisfied. All nope. right. Had to ruffle your feathers a little bit there. Uh, one That's last right. uh, short note I wanted to make is uh, news came out today. Juju Smith-Schuster is practicing and uh, ready to be activated off the IR. We now have 21 days. I don't know if they'll do it by game day, which is, you know, three days. No, they won't do but it this week. I'm not sure. I, I don't know. Apparently, the rumors uh, have it that he is – playing fully and you know maybe his abilities aren't what they were but i could see him strapping up whether or not you know it's as effectively or what his snaps are i think he suits up i do for ben playing a little bit here and there yeah just coming in maybe he's a good blocker still people forget that uh he is a good physical body even when he wasn't as productive um through the air but he is an impact player and uh, i don't think there's any doubt that our offense took a hit when uh when he went out in that game against Denver, and I think week four or five, do you remember? One of those. Uh, yeah, it was like I think it was uh, four or five. I forget exactly. Yeah, but so yeah, uh, right I do think it, it it plays a role. So we'll see mm-hmm. what he can do. Uh, it's just one more person to worry about. Um, so we'll see. That's uh, just an interesting little note. I did not have any expectation to see him again this year. So interesting. No, I didn't even. Yeah, I saw that notification. Uh, what was it today? And I was like, what? Yep. Even uh, I saw an interview with Deontay Johnson today, and he said uh, even he was surprised. Like in the locker room, he saw Juju putting his cleats on, and Deontay was like, the hell are you doing, man? <laughs> He's like, I'm playing, practicing. He's like, the fuck, or whatever it was. So, <laughs> pretty funny, uh, but that's uh, exciting nonetheless. We'll see what kind of role, if any, he has. But uh, great to see him uh, hustle back from a quote-unquote season-ending injury. Yeah, that's great. Um, let's move on to Black Monday. Let's do Black it. Black Monday. Uh Bunch of changes happened right after the season ended for a lot of teams. Uh, most notably, a lot of coaches got fired. Uh, really just one, maybe two surprising ones. The rest were kind of expected. So let's start with the expected ones. Uh, Matt Nagy, he's out of Chicago. Yeah. That was – that was. I mean, they've been calling for his head for a while. Uh, yeah. I mean, but towards the, end lose... of the, towards the end of the season, they just kept winning, so they couldn't really fire him yet. Yeah, and that's kind of been the story of his career there. I mean, people forget he took the Bears to two playoffs. And again, you know, as we just said with Tomlin, that's not uh, not always the bar that you aim for. But, I mean, his quarterbacks were Mitch Trubisky and Nick Foles, and I guess half of Justin Fields this year. But he made two playoffs with those quarterbacks. So I know that it was time for him to go. But, I mean, at least look at the bright side there. I mean, some of these teams are just completely tortured with what they've gone through the last 10 years. So. Yeah. Uh, just a quick note. Yep. Um, who else we got here? Uh, Joe Judge of the Giants. That one I, I thought they were going to do on Monday. They waited until like Wednesday or uh, even today on a Thursday. Well, yeah, because they I think they said Monday that they had no plans of firing him. Yeah. And then I think they just took a long, hard look. They did uh, their GM, Dave Gettleman, did retire. So I'm sure that played a role in like if we want a clean start entirely, which I think is the right move. Um, yeah. It just wasn't working. Um, Joe Judge, I mean, did you see his interviews, like that press conference he held last week where it's just everything out of his mouth was a lie? No. It was hilarious. He was like, you know, I know that the season didn't go the way we wanted to, but I'll tell you what, there's not a – players in this locker room come to me every day and ask and tell me that they'll, they'll take less money to stay here. And I've got players calling me that left last year that say they want to come back. And it's like, no, <laughs> the fuck they're not. Like, you're out of your <laughs> mind. Like – what kind of delusions are you having where you think that <laughs> free agents want to come back to you? No one in the NFL 
wants to play for the New York Giants, which is crazy for me saying this right now. They might be the least desirable team in the NFL right now. Uh, they could be. They're up there like, for sure. Lower than – I mean, you go to Jacksonville, you get the young Trevor Lawrence, you get a, a fresh start with a head coach and an owner that's trying to get things going. You get nice weather in Jacksonville. The Lions, people want to play for Dan Campbell. People see the rookies they got, like Amon Ron St. Brown and Penny Sewell. That's exciting. There's a good fan base. No one gives yep. a shit about the Giants right now, and I think that it's not Joe Judge's fault, but he certainly didn't help, and it was time to move on. Yeah, I mean, they, they've been struggling for a long time. Uh, yeah. It's – yeah, nobody wants to go to New York. No. Neither, um, <laughs> neither one of them. <laughs> no. Why would you? I mean, yeah, like like you said, I mean, even Jacksonville, like you said, I mean, you got the – you got Trevor Lawrence down there, who sure has struggled this year, obviously, but – Yeah, there might be better days ahead. Yeah, I mean, like, look, just look at that last game. I mean, if you're looking – you know, if, if you're not a stud, you can't get signed to teams like the Rams or the – uh, bucks or whatever. No, you might you might be looking at Jacksonville and be like, all right, this kid showed some promise in the last game. I could I could go down there and be a starter. Could be. Why worked. not try it out? I mean, they got great weather, good taxes down there. Oh yeah, yeah what's not to like? Seriously. <laughs> um. All right. Well, moving along to some other ones. Um. <clears throat> Urban Meyer. That was a few weeks ago. You uh, have heard us uh, talk about that, but we just figured it'd be funny to bring up one more time. Yeah. Rest, Urban rest Meyer is peace, gone. Urban. Um, David Culley of the Texans, uh, not a huge surprise because uh, it seemed like this was just going to be a one-year rental. Um, but I will give credit. He outperformed, I think, what anyone was expecting the Texans. I mean, they didn't have a quarterback. They got Tyrod for a bit. He got hurt. And they used the like third-round draft pick, Davis Mills. And they won a few games, like games they probably shouldn't have won. They beat the Chargers. Um, they competed with some teams. So I want to give credit to – the Texans for even doing what they were able to, but uh, again, not a huge surprise. That was a, uh, a quick rental. And then Mike Zimmer of the Vikings. I think that was the right call. It had just been too many years, kind of like Mike Tomlin, only downgraded. You know, he was yeah. steady. They were, they had some talent. They made the playoffs once or twice. They just weren't going anywhere. And Zimmer made some questionable calls, like throughout the course of those years. So I think it was time to restart there. I don't think he's a terrible coach, but it was uh, something was off. So find him. Yeah, I think he's a good coach. It just, uh, you know, like a lot of these situations. Hello? Hello? Yeah, with uh, Mike Zimmer, I think it's just it, it was time to move on. You know, he was his performance was declining in the last year. I don't know if it's just a system not working there anymore. If he's you know maybe lost a step here or there, it's, both are possible. But regardless, it wasn't working for the team, so they just had to let him go. Um, you know, I, I always like Mike Zimmer. I thought he's I think he's a good coach, but you know, just like a lot of these other situations, it just doesn't work out anymore. No, and it's like a, sometimes it's a fit thing, you know? Not his yeah. fault. Not anyone's fault. Just uh, sometimes it's not uh, the place you're meant to be. Yep. Um, so right. let's get to the two 
that we thought were kind of surprising. Yeah, one way more so than the other. Uh, we'll yes. the milder one. Uh, Vic Fangio of the Broncos uh, was fired. Um, or did he, he might have stepped. I don't know what. It, it, he's not the coach anymore. Um, not a huge surprise. The Broncos have been below average um, for four, no, excuse me, like seven years now, ever since Peyton Manning left. Um, but there were signs of hope. Uh, this I saw a stat when they were playing the Chiefs. This is the first year I think that a team was top three in scoring uh defense that okay. didn't make the playoffs which they did not and they were top three in the NFL in scoring defense if I saw that correctly I mean obviously that could have changed over the rest of that week but it, it just something was off there and it starts at quarterback they haven't had a good quarterback since Peyton Manning left like I said it's been way too long um and they just haven't been able to get it right. I don't necessarily think that's Vic Fangio's fault. He was a great defensive coordinator for the Bears and took this head coaching job and made the Broncos a great defense. Um, and just might not have been able to tell. I mean, they were just they were losing games. They weren't able to get anything going offensively, but they were right there uh, for a lot of these games with a good defense. So uh, not, like, blown away by the call, but it was one that I could have seen going either way. I didn't think it needed to. Yeah, I'd agree. I mean, um, not completely surprised by it, but I was a little caught off guard because, I mean, look at it. I mean, they actually had a decent season until, you know, the injuries piled up at quarterback and you had Drew Locke come in, who, you know, I think went 0-4 the last couple weeks. Um, so, I mean, it starts there. I, is Vic, was Vic Fangio the GM too? Hmm, I don't think, but you could be right. I'm not positive on that. I feel like I heard that somewhere. If I'm not, don't quote me. You know, I'm j- I just run an NFL podcast. You know, it's not like I know, should know everything about the league. But <laughs> I want to say I heard that somewhere. So maybe that had something to do with it, if that's the case, which would be less surprising than considering the, their uh, ailments at quarterback. So if, if that's true, then I would be less surprised. But if not, then I'd be still eh, a little surprised, but not not too bad. Um, and then, so the major one that I think threw a lot of people off guard, not just us, uh, down in Miami, Brian Flores, uh, was relieved of duties on Monday. Um, and we say this is a shock because I think he's actually a great coach. Um, they're building a great team down there, I think, um, so, yeah, I mean, I think just a lot of people were surprised. It did come out that uh, there was uh, some battles going on between him and other coaching staff or something like that. Correct, Kevin? Yeah, I don't know exactly who it was between. <clears throat> might have been the ownership. Might have been the front office. I don't know. But there was a power struggle, quote, unquote. Um, I don't even know the details of what that means. That's, like, the only which is nice to have some reason because I'm with you, Scott. I can't imagine why this was the conclusion they came to. Um, so that could be the only explanation. Yeah, and uh, Flores is already getting interviewed by Chicago, which I think uh, would be a dumb, dumb uh, choice not to interview him. I think he's the best uh, available, of the available coaches probably right now. Easily. Just looking I at, mean, I mean, just easily just looking at the ones that just got fired for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's like one thing to say, I mean, he's had uh, 
two years in a row now, which they don't make it easy on themselves. This year, obviously, they started one and seven and then won eight straight games or seven straight, whatever it was, and yeah. just missed the playoffs by losing one more at the end. But they weren't even supposed to be there. You want to talk about the Steelers somehow snuck their way in. The Dolphins almost made it. Um, and, it, like, I don't know what more they could have won. Like, you're at least looking at progress. I mean, you also look at the um, – quarterback situation like Tua did fine he's not blowing anybody away but he had to play the whole season knowing that his organization is trying to trade for Deshaun Watson which you know yeah. say what you will like that's not easy to play through or deal with uh a kid's his second year it's his sophomore year and uh he played fine I don't think uh anyone's expecting him to be Patrick Mahomes but I think that uh there was brighter days ahead in Miami and I'm not quite sure I can say the same now. I mean, maybe they get going in the continue the direction they're going, but Brian Flores should get scooped up tomorrow if possible. But I think it was, I think it might have been Colin Cowherd, uh, or maybe someone on ESPN, I forget who, who said that their advice for Brian Flores right now is relax, take your time, because he doesn't need to beg for a job. Like, no. He'd be a fool to take the first one that came his way. Like, don't just go to the New York Giants because you think you're not going to get one. He'll get one. Like, if it's not this year, it'll be next year. Like, there are teams that would benefit greatly with him as their head coach. Uh, and I agree. Find a better position. I mean, like the Dolphins organization has been kind of crap for 20 years now. Um, go find a place you're wanted and you can build something because we know he can. I mean, he developed – had two good seasons, almost just missed the playoffs. Um, starting to build something. He's a defensive-minded coach, and the Dolphins' defense is the real deal. They're 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 good, so um, he'll get his chance. So I hope. Uh, I just hope someone gets it to him uh, where he deserves it. Yeah, no, I mean he doesn't have to worry about a job. So he'll get it. Yeah, he'll get one. All right, and that is it for the coaches on Black Monday. Okay. Let's get into the good stuff. Yeah, we need to wrap this up because I'm starting to get congested here. Uh, fair enough. All, All right. right. It's playoff time. So, Kevin and I finished – we both finished 18-18 on our picks. Not good. Incredible. Not Incredible good. how the ups and downs of this season, uh, I started off great and then took like a three-week skid of like zero correct and then back up and – here we are, Scott and I, uh, both sitting at 500 on the season. So, uh, you know, call that what you will, but so I think we're evenly play, matched. Yeah, even yeah, we, you know, we we sort of know what we're talking about here. Yeah, I think so. You know, in this season, I think that's pretty good. You know, very unpredictable. But yeah, I mean, the most parity we've ever seen in the NFL in a season. Um. So for the playoffs, I think we're going to do something a little different here. Um, we're going to start a clean slate. We're zero and zero. I mean, we're 18, 18, so it doesn't matter. Yep. Um, but we are going to pick every single game this week and probably for the next couple weeks. Um, obviously, the games will get whittled down, the amount of games, but right now I think we have six games this week to pick from. Uh, so we're just going to go through each one and give you our picks. Go through. We'll give a little piece on uh, what we think. And, uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we haven't talked about this. We don't know what the other is going to pick. Um and uh, we're just going to go right through it. Uh, mano y mano. Yep. So let's start with the first game on Saturday. I believe it's a four, 4.30 game. 
yep. on NBC. Coming at you from Cincinnati, Ohio, the Bengals versus the Raiders. Yeah, that'll be a good game, I think. These two teams played earlier in the year, and the Bengals walked the Raiders in Las Vegas. Um, I don't think it'll be as big of a beatdown, but I do think that the Bengals are better equipped to win this game. Um, they check more boxes to me. Um, I think they get their first win of the century. I, uh, I agree with you. I'm going with the Bengals as well. Uh, the people of Cincy will be going nuts. I think the Raiders are going to have a hard time going in there and getting a win. So, Bengals. Yeah. It's been a long time coming for uh, the striped folks over in Cincy. So, uh, we'll see what happens. Um, you know, obviously, we wouldn't be here without the Raiders. And uh, the Bengals are a division opponent. So, go Raiders, obviously. Uh, but uh, I think the Bengals look like a dangerous team this year. Yep. Uh, so, the next game, Saturday night. Uh, the Patriots versus the Bills. I believe this game is at uh, at Buffalo. Buffalo. Yes, in Buffalo. Okay. Uh, interesting thing here, Scott. Uh, there's a lot of um, rematches here. This mm-hmm. one's a division rematch, so two games to work with this year. Yes. That doesn't happen very often in the first round. So. Yeah. yeah. Um. So I'm. Um, I think I'm gonna go with. Uh, well, what's the weather like, uh, Kev? So that was going to be my main point, and uh, I'll, I'll jump in there. Um, the weather is not supposed to be pretty. It's supposed to be a kickoff temperature of right around zero degrees, uh, very high winds, and maybe a little snow. Um, exactly what we saw, almost exactly what we saw in week I don't know, like 14, whatever it was, 13, yep. between these two teams. And what it came down to was just controlling the game. Uh, which I think Bill Belichick can do better. Um, I think the Patriots win this game very similar to how they did. Uh, and I think Mac Jones throws the ball less than 10 times. I don't know if it'll be three like last time because they might be a little more prepared. But I'm, uh, I'm going to co- uh, trust the coach uh, and the weather, uh, just how it seems to go. So I'm going to take the Patriots. I'm going to go with the Bills. And I'm doing this because Mac Jones hasn't been playing as well. Uh, the la- latter half of the season. Uh, I mean, he's more than capable of turning that around. Um, but I think the Bills will make an adjustment with the weather. Um, so I think they're going to have a better game than they did the first time they went around. And the weather clearly played a major factor in that one. Uh, so I think the Bills actually come back, uh, take it to the Patriots, move on. All righty. First uh, disagreement, we'll see who comes out. All right, up next, we're taking a trip south to Tampa Bay. We've got the Eagles coming into town, the seventh seed Eagles. Um, I'm a little torn on this one, which might surprise some people. Wow. Um, yeah, I, I it's. I think the Bucks end up winning, but the Bucks have been a little shaky against the run, and it's. I believe it might be a little rainy this weekend. Uh, the Eagles lead the NFL in rushing, so I don't think it's impossible to see the upset here. Um, obviously, the Bucks are missing some pieces. Uh, they're getting Leonard Fournette back, supposedly. Uh, Mike Evans has bounced back, but they're missing Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown. Um, Shaq Barrett's also coming back, so they've got some pieces coming back, but it's a different team, and they've been a little shaky. I think I got to stick with the Bucks though, to get the job done. I'm going to trust Tom Brady in the playoffs. Yeah, I was, I was just about to say that if you didn't uh... – I'm going to take the Bucks as well. And I know, like you said, the Bucks have been shaky. The Eagles have been playing, de- I mean, pretty decent ball lately. Um, but it's Tom Brady in the playoffs. 
I got to go. I got to go with my gut and got to go with the Bucks. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that's a smart call. But I will say the Eagles embody the wild card very well. I mean, they've won some good games. They've lost some bad ones. Jalen Hurts is an up and down quarterback. Uh, This could be an interesting game. I wouldn't write him out immediately. So uh, just keep your eyes peeled. Definitely. Um, So then we go to AT&T Stadium where the Cowboys are taking on the 49ers. This could be a really good game. I agree. Um, two good teams here. Um, where are you leaning? I'll let you, I'll let you take the lead on. I'm going to go with the uh, 49ers, believe it or not. Interesting. I'm going like to join I'm going to join you, Scott. Oh. Did I lose I you again? again. I like the 49ers. Just coming off a big win against the Rams uh, to clinch a playoff berth. Um, And, you know, I just don't like the Cowboys. Um, I know they're a good team this year. It's Still don't think it's their year. Uh, But I'm going to go with the upset for the 49ers over the Cowboys. Take it to Jerry Jones' house and give it to them. I agree. I just think they're better equipped to do this. Um, I don't look much into the 50 points they put on the Eagles because the Eagles didn't play everybody because they had already clinched their spot. Um, just something seems a little off about the Cowboys and something looks right about the 49ers right now. Defensively, they've been pretty solid. They run the ball well. Debo Samuel can do everything. Kittle's back. Jimmy G's kind of playing some ball or football right now. So He's playing well. Uh, Yes, so I, I'm with you. Something just says 49ers about this game, um, and I think that's a popular call. Uh, so the Cowboys might roll into their hometown with a chip on their shoulder. We'll see, but I think the 49ers could win this game. Agreed. Um, then, <coughs> <coughs> excuse me. You then did. we traveled to Arrowhead Stadium, Sunday Night Football, Steelers versus the Chiefs. Um, uh, Kansas City favored by 12 and a half points. Um, let's let's take a step back. What do you make of Ben Roethlisberger's comments uh, this week about this game? Um, I don't think anything of them. Um, it's a it's a press conference in his final year, perhaps his final game. We're 12 and a half point underdogs, and we just lost to the same team by like 26 three weeks ago. So. I think everybody's looking at this in the light of, oh my God, he just gave up, despite this being the uh, take that 100% of the world is having. So the way I see it, Scott, is playing loose football. Uh, You know, backs against the wall. What do we have to lose? Let's just go out and play the game that got us here and see if we can make some magic happen. I don't think he's turning his back on anybody. I don't think he's giving up on the team because that's not what Ben Roethlisberger does. He wouldn't be here. Uh, playing this game if that's how he really felt so uh, I don't think anything of it yeah and for those of you that didn't hear he basically just said yeah I mean out of the 14 teams in the playoffs we're probably 14 which he's right you know um, (laughs) and he basically said you know I'm not worried about it we're just gonna go out let's just have some fun 
Yeah, uh-huh. he said, you know, he said his quote was, <clears throat> we don't have a chance, so let's go have fun. That wasn't, you know, uh, oh, we don't have a chance, like, whatever. It was, you know, nobody's giving us credit. We don't really have a chance, so let's just go play our game. So I think it was taken out of context. I watched the full interview. Yeah. Um, as, you know, people like to, the media to spin things. But, you know, he's right. The Chiefs have a significant advantage. I think they uh, best <clears throat> us in every part of the ball. So uh, he's just saying it as it is. Yeah, or is it him just saying – Hey, we might have something up our sleeve here. Maybe Don't count us out yet. They could. Um, no, nah, but for the picks, I'm going with the Chiefs. Breaks my heart. Um, Someone yeah. stop me. Someone stop me, Scotty. <laughs> I'm sticking with the lures, baby. Hey, I love I, it. I love I, it. I love I, it. I don't know what it is. I think uh, a man with nothing to lose is dangerous. Uh, I think uh, a team again with their backs against the wall, they'll make adjustments from their last game. Um, and this is weird. Uh, picking with my heart this year, uh, every game I saw the Steelers go into, something has just felt, you know, a little right about certain games. Like I felt really good about the Titans game, for instance. I felt good about the last few games, Browns at home, Ravens on the road. I felt terrible about the Bengals games I knew that was a disaster like something about it is just I, I've felt something now I don't know they're gonna win this game I think they're gonna make it closer than people think uh and hopefully just uh one last uh fun ride for Ben Roethlisberger so I'm sticking with them hey obviously I mean I hope you're right I hope the Steelers win obviously I'm just right now I'm just choosing with my head uh, yeah it's probably a smart choice but yeah I, I hope I get that game wrong so, um, all right, Scotty, let's wrap it up on Monday night football. Uh, possibly the most interesting game of the week. I think this game could really go either way. Cardinals versus Rams uh, at L.A. This one's a tough one for me because I really want the Cardinals, mm-hmm. but I think the Rams might edge them, but I'm going to pick the Cardinals. Interesting. So I see what you're saying there. I, I am, I'm rooting for the Cardinals. I love Kyler. My only concern is that the Cardinals have lost five of their or four of their last five games. That's a yep. really bad way to go into the playoffs, uh, mm-hmm. especially against the division rivals. So I do agree with you. There's something about the Cardinals that could have that like pop factor, uh, similar to the Bengals on the other side. Like they could knock you out pretty good, but I think I'm going to stick with the Rams at home. Uh, it just kind of seems like it's theirs uh, to kind of control. So I'm going to disagree with there's one more disagreement between the two of us. Well, I see. I, I want the Rams, but the only issue I have with the Rams right now is Matt Stafford being careless with the ball. He had a lot of turnovers in the last couple of games um, and the Cardinals could take advantage of that. So I'm just going to. He's, he's been shaky. There's so no, gonna... there's no line about it. You were correct. So I'm going to go with the Cardinals and that will wrap up wild card weekend. I love it. I love it. All right. So that's our picks for the week. Uh, we got into some good stuff with the Steelers and then our stuff with the coaches. Uh, I think that'll wrap it up. Uh, I'm going to go pop some melatonin, get All over right. this, get over this damn Omicron hopefully sound, and hopefully sound better next week. <laughs> I bet you will. Nice and rapid. Yep. Yeah, thanks again for joining us. Uh, Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Here we go, Steelers.